let's just book a 10 minute radar, you know, Mm -hmm. and let's set it for Saturday morning. We'll get up, get our coffee, sit down for 10 minutes. And then we just have a 10 minute intentional conversation of how's this week been going? You know, super small, super easy. And it can literally be, we'll set a timer and then at 10 minutes, like, okay, great. Awesome. Thanks for radaring with me. Let's go, go about our day. Because, you know, the whole thing with micro habiting is that it's about building up the habit, building up the routine and like getting yourself to take those first few steps. Cause those are the hardest ones rather than needing to do it exactly perfectly right, right out the gate, especially because a lot of people, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, find that on their very, very first radar, it takes way longer than they were expecting. <laughs> Welcome to the Multi-Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. So whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're doing a big old radar troubleshooting and FAQ. We're going to be covering all sorts of topics and questions having to do with the radar check-in formula that we created. If you have no idea what we're talking about by radar, you should go check that out first. Radar is our regular relationship check-in formula for maintaining the health and well-being of your relationships. And if you go back to episode 147 or multiamory.com slash radar, you can get more information, a summary of that, and then come back and listen to this episode. In this one, we're going to be talking about all sorts of questions we've gotten from people over the years, including how to pitch radar check-ins to a partner, how to manage your time during a radar, what to do about big fights that happen or anxiety that can come up around radar, as well as much more. So here's some fun facts. Yay. Radar page that you talked about, multiamory.com slash radar. That's the second most visited page on our site, second only to the podcast's page. And it's also one of our top search terms, both within our internal site searching and on Google as well. Um, So clearly it's content that a lot of people are interested in slash we reference it a lot and people are confused and need to go find out what the heck it is. I like to say that radar is unofficially therapist recommended unofficially four out of five therapists recommend radar Uh for your relationship. Mostly because we've gotten a lot of therapists who reach out to us specifically being like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. I've been sharing this with my clients. It's so fantastic. Or, or asking like, Hey, is there, you know, a format that I can easily share and send to my clients, things like that. So so I guess I've kind of cobbled that together into four out of five therapists and one therapist just hasn't heard of it. So that's how I'll explain that. <laughs> 100% of therapists who have heard it and talked to us about it recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> um, other trivia, our radar format has been translated into Spanish. I have to give a shout out to our Pedro Jaime, who runs his own Instagram account, um, which is called Gotitas de Poliamor, um, which is all in Spanish. And I did an interview on his channel a couple weeks ago, specifically about radar and some questions about it as well. So if you're interested in that, also go check that out. So just a quick word about check-ins. Radar is not the only relationship check-in format out there, though we'd like to think that it's the only one that has the super cool acronym radar. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
I are lovely Gottmans. They do have a thing called the State of the Union Address. So if you Google relationship check-ins, you can find a lot of blog posts and articles about that specifically. It's not really an address. I think I just accidentally added an address because that's how you <laughs> State of the Union. Yeah, it's a State address. of the Union like conversation or sure. check-in. I yeah. don't know what they I call think they it. Just, not they an call address it though. Just the State of the Union, I think. <laughs> and essentially, yeah, I, I'm assuming it's just like. It, trying to figure out like what the state of your relationship is or yeah, let's, it's yeah, just, tackle it's just like how it's going. Three or, yeah, it's like three or four questions of kind of like, what okay. did I do to help you feel loved this week? What can oh. I do to help you feel loved or supported this week? You know, I, I think much, so, like kind of more more broad questions, but also, you know, short and sweet, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. a much shorter, simpler little thing. Format. Not as in-depth, yeah. Yeah, so radar is our favorite way of checking in in relationships, but it doesn't have to be yours. If you prefer something else, some other method, then go for it, you know, have fun. But we hope that you can find some things in this episode and in our radar episode that maybe you can like pick and choose from and take into your own kind of relationship check-ins. So yeah, hopefully some of this will be applicable to you, to any type of relationship check-in, not just the radars. Yeah, so the questions that we're going to be covering today are questions that we've just gotten over the years, as well as I made a specific post in our patron-only Facebook group to ask people, you know, what are the things that you run up against with your radars? What are your FAQs? What are the things that could be helpful to talk about on this troubleshooting episode? So thank you to all of you who chimed in on that thread. All right, so we're going to start with the very first question. This is one we get a lot. And that is, when is the right time to introduce radar into a new relationship? You know, is this something you should do on a first date? Is this something you should wait (laughs) until your two-year anniversary? What is it? Right? So... (laughs) On the dot, two years. Exactly. time for a radar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 100 days into the relationship is when you should start. No, um, so... A lot of the way that people get into relationship check-ins in the first place is out of a response to things being bad, right? Out of a response to we're having a crisis, we're having a really hard time communicating, or we're freaking out about something that's really stressful, and so we need to find some way to deal with it and start a check-in. But ideally, doing a regular check-in is something that you could start before that ever happens, because it will help you to hopefully avoid issues like that sort of piling up and building up a backlog of things that you haven't communicated about. And two, you'll already have that habit in place. So if something does come up, you will fairly quickly be able to talk about it at one of your check-ins. That said, I know some people who've started doing radar in the first week of dating, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I was about to scoff when you said, oh, do you do it on a first date? But then I was like, that could be a really interesting nerdy first date where instead of it being <laughs> like, what's the status of our current relationship? Because maybe we don't know these things, but just kind of a check in of like, talk to me about your sex. Talk to me about your sex. <laughs> talk to me about it. <laughs> your sex life, I'm assuming. Is I, what you maybe mean? your sex life, you, you as a sexual being are like, yeah, talk are to you me a about sexual being? Yeah. conflicts that you've experienced in a relationship. I don't know. Maybe it's a terrible idea or a great idea. Y'all go out and try it and let me know if it was just like total crash and burn or if it was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> Perhaps some people would be a little scared off by that, but maybe not everyone. Maybe it would be well, the, You'd wonderful. have to have someone who is like ready for yeah, that. You they know? were on board, Super yeah. Ready. Totally. Yeah. If you 
if you met and right away learned that you're both huge multi-amory fans, maybe oh, well, then there you, go. you could yes. be our guinea pigs to experiment with doing a radar on the first date. Be sure you let us know exactly. how that goes. <laughs> yeah. I I don't have a hard and fast answer for this one, honestly. Ultimately, I feel like you can introduce the concept of a check-in or a radar whenever you want, as long as you feel like you and this other person could stand to benefit from having this type of conversation. You know, I, I, my only experience is honestly having kind of some 2020 hindsight of looking back at a relationship. You mean 2020 like, hindsight is 2020 or you mean like the year 2020? Oh, the, yeah, I should clarify <laughs> that, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> hindsight is 2020. Got looking it. back with 2020 vision and seeing, hmm, that's a relationship where I should have introduced a radar much sooner than I did. And maybe that could have helped this relationship in the way that it ended or not ended or whatever, you mm. know? So I, that's really only my experience was kind of having a sense of like, ooh, I waited a little too long to do this. I couldn't quite tell you exactly when the right time would have been, but I feel like the relationship got to a point of enough intentionality and enough investment that having some kind of check-in probably would have been helpful. Mm -hmm. I also feel like I've had relationships where we started doing radar maybe within the first month or so. And it, it just did feel like maybe it was a little bit too big of a thing to start putting into that. Especially I think if it's a relationship where you're not seeing each other multiple times a week with someone I was seeing maybe once, maybe twice a week. And it just felt, like to spend once a month doing a radar felt like a little too much for the scale of that relationship. So I think it could really go either way. Yeah. I, I mean, depending on what kind of relationship you're in with this person, like you're unique, your relationship's going to be unique. So you can tailor the radar process to what that relationship looks like. Like maybe you want to just start really small, like start with a couple of our questions, start, I don't know, with broader topics perhaps, or like put a time limit on it for like a very, very short radar. Uh, and yeah, maybe that'll be relevant to you and relevant to your connection with that specific person. Yeah, I think the funny thing is that in a lot of traditional dating and traditional like relationshiping, it's kind of like we get to a particular point where, you know, in the traditional narrative, we have the like, ooh, like we need to define the relationship or are we committing to each other? We're going to be exclusive, you know, and that's like the start of intentionality in the mm -hmm. relationship, supposedly. Um, and the funny thing is that like, while that does happen in non-traditional dating and in non-traditional relationships, I have come across far more people who are much more ready to be intentional right out the gate with their relationships and just be real on the nose of like, hey, let's just be real honest about what it is we're looking to build here, what it is that we want to get out of this. Let's be real intentional with checking in on a weekly basis or a monthly basis just to say, hey, how do we feel about the direction that this is heading? Are we still feeling good? Um, so I do feel that people in the non-traditional relationship community often are much more likely to be willing to incorporate these kind of things much earlier than maybe your average Joe. Yeah. So the next question that we got was, how do I pitch a check-in like radar to my partner? Because there are certain things that may happen once you do that, like my partner is really resistant to doing a check-in, or my partner just wants to talk about topics organically as they come up. So when this happens, maybe sit there, maybe 
maybe question yourself first. Think about your own purpose, your own goals in having a relationship check-in at all. Like, do you want just a time and a place to address a certain topic? Do you want better, safer communication? Uh, Do you want to be more close to your partner? Things like that. So maybe start there first when you're bringing this idea up to your partner and kind of frame it in that fashion. Like, hey, I really am interested in better, deeper, stronger communication with you. So this is a way in which I think that we can do that. Yeah, I like that. I think that many approaches to making the pitch can depend on your situation. Uh, Like, you know, Emily said, just saying, I want to have better communication or maybe listening to the radar episode together uh, to just say, hey, check this out with me and see if you think it might be something good for us. You could do an elaborate PowerPoint presentation about it. Uh, But I think one of the key things is to keep in mind that for a lot of people, the idea of a check-in has a very negative association with it. And so Mm -hmm. especially when you're approaching it, really avoid criticism being part of it. So avoid saying something like, I think we should try this radar check-in because you're so conflict avoidant, <laughs> right? Like putting the problem yeah, on that. Not the best way to put it. Yeah. Yikes. And I think also it's good to, in that, remember that part of the purpose of this is just so we can have a chance to get on the same page about things, to make plans together, find ways to improve our relationship together rather than saying we need to have this check-in because we're broken or because I want a venue where I can tell you all the things you're doing wrong. Right. So it, it is important. Like that can happen. That can be part of it, but that, that that's not all it is. It's not just a place for dealing with conflict. Yeah. And speaking of conflict, I think it's important to not make a pitch for a radar or a pitch for some kind of check-in during conflict, even though that can be tempting, you know, cause you can be like, Oh my God, I'm so frustrated that, we didn't talk about this for months and now we're exploding about it now. Oh, I'm so frustrated that there's so many topics that we have to cover and now it's all coming out now. We need a check-in, you know. Ideally, find a time when you're not hungry, angry, lonely, tired, drinking, sick, Mm. horny, all those things. And the two of you are feeling relatively safe and connected. And again, if you're coming from a place of like, what's the good that could come out of this? What am I longing for in coming out of this? That's a really good entry into making that pitch of, hey, I was thinking that like, maybe we could try out this thing because I think that it would help us become closer or it would help us to feel a little bit more stress-free in our day-to-day life, whatever it is that rings true for you. Yeah, just have honesty about that. Exactly what Dedeker said and what we talked about before, just be honest to yourself and to your partner about why you want this to happen. And again, state it in an affirmative way rather than a negative way. <laughs> we need to do this because you suck at communication and yeah. really also, lean in. Also, oh. just to just to jump on that, the same thing with the, the affirmative versus negative also refers to like <clears throat> putting more emphasis on what you do want rather than what you don't want. So, again, instead of coming to your partner to say, like, hey, I am just really sick of us devolving into this type of fight and I want us to not do that. So let's do a check in, you know, is going to be less effective than focusing on what you do want, which is I want to carve out a safe time and space for us to be able to process these things when we're feeling calm and relatively not stressed. Hmm. Things like that. Yeah. 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 Those those benefits of having 
a really structured time for check-in rather than just an amorphous, like, I'm pissed off right now, so I'm going to talk about it in a really volatile situation. So, yeah, I I mean, talk about those potential benefits and ideal outcomes of having a relationship check-in, and hopefully you can get there. Yeah, and then also, the whole point of Radar is that this is something where you and your partner get to work together to make your relationship better something you're doing together to make your relationship better. And so part of that is working with your partner to agree on, is there a version of this that would fit better for us? Or, you know, is there some customization that we could do to this to make it be a better fit? And and we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the episode too. But just don't forget that this is your thing. This doesn't have to look a specific way. It doesn't have to look the same as it is with your other partners or with their other partners. Like This is your thing for the two of you to make. And in addition to customizing it, keep in mind that you could try it out temporarily. You could just say, let's try this for three months, or let's just try this this one month, and then maybe adjust it for the next time, just to kind of take off some of that burden from your partner of feeling like, oh gosh, I'm committing now to something that's going to be a lot of work and has to look a certain way, and I might not live up to it or something like that. Yeah, so I really like encouraging people to do micro-habiting, which we we referenced on this show before. I like to think of it as kind of, um, you know, I don't know about all y'all, but you know those hurdles that they use in track and fields that uh-huh. I have like, heard of them. They're like six feet high and seem <laughs> I impossible. Think I've ever I don't think they're six feet high, but, but okay. Pretty sure they're six feet high. Uh, that's how they feel. I've, I've I have never in my life been able to even imagine ever being able to like. Yeah, leap over I, hurdle. I just completely face plant. Like, exactly. Hit it with right. My shins and then face plant. But yes. And so I like to think about like, okay, this hurdle feels way too high. But if the hurdle was two inches off the ground, I'd be like, oh yeah, no problem. I'll hop over twenty of those in a row. Like mm-hmm. th- throw them at me. <laughs> um and so I like thinking about that with anything that we want to try out in a relationship or anything that we're wanting to try, but it keeps not happening. Is that like, is there a way we can literally make it so small that it's just super easy to accomplish? Like, what's a way that we can make this short, positive, super simple? So for instance, is it just, let's just book a 10 minute radar, you know, mm-hmm. and let's set it for Saturday morning. We'll get up, get our coffee, sit down for 10 minutes. And then we just have a 10 minute intentional conversation of how's this week been going, you know, super small, super easy. And it can literally be, we'll set a timer and then at 10 minutes, like, okay, great. Awesome. Thanks for radaring with me. Let's go, go about our day. Because, you know, the whole thing with micro habiting is that it's about building up the habit, building up the routine and like getting yourself to take those first few steps. Cause those are the hardest ones rather than needing to do it exactly perfectly right, right out the gate, especially because a lot of people, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, find that on their very, very first radar, it takes way longer than they were expecting. <laughs> Right. I've heard of people like having like eight hour long radars, and I've definitely had like four or five hour long radars that take the entire night. Yeah, I've had some doozies had for sure. Some, yeah. yeah. Some six some hours, doozies, I think, at the some very doozies. least. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. So it happens. But okay, let's move on to the next question, which I uh, feel deeply in my soul at times, which is that I get very anxious or my partner gets very anxious before having a check in. So. This is normal. This is a normal thing to have happen. Uh, I find myself 
you know, in maybe the day or so approaching a radar being like, <laughs> just like feeling it a little bit and getting close to it. But it is, you do feel better after it's done, but still it's potentially going to be an emotional talk. So yeah, I mean, and we live in this culture that suggests that serious talks and relationships mean that something is wrong. And I, mm. I feel that very hard as well. Mm. Yeah. And also, yeah, absolutely. yeah I, I mean, it is also like a big thing that a lot of people will just have serious talks when they are in points of conflict with their partner. So that can kind of you can feel those sort of emotions coming back up because maybe that's the way that you've only ever interacted with serious conversations. But it's it's important to normalize those check ins. It's hopefully going to help you feel a little bit safer and build up more like neutral or positive associations for yourself and for your partner. And so exactly what Dedeker talked about, the micro-habiting, like gentle repetition and exposure, uh, maybe just that 10-minute check-in like you talked about, or if we did a full radar, I want to try this one. If you do a full radar, but really you only talk about good things or silly things or things that you're excited about, like for my partner and I, we're really excited about traveling again. I know the two of you are really excited about traveling again. But even if it's just like, let's talk about all of our dreams for when this is over and all of the mm. fun things that we get to do once the pandemic is coming to a close. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's great to keep in mind that if this is something that you'll hopefully do over the long term of your relationship, there's no need to rush into doing every single part of it right away. You could even start out as your micro habit of just doing the reconnection appreciation round, like mm -hmm. really build up that positive association. I know that's a part of it that I really look forward to with radars is because I know that even if we get into heavy stuff during it, that that reconnection at the end really does do wonders in my experience for kind of bringing us back together and, and reconnecting with what it is we appreciate about each other. Uh, and then another thing you could do is really set the scene, you know, create your nest, get yourself and your partner comfortable <laughs> and soothed beforehand. It could be taking a bath beforehand, doing yoga, having sex beforehand, whatever it is for you, and then setting up a space that feels good, that feels comforting. And this could be something like, you know, having pillows and blankets and candles and relaxing scents. It could be putting on some soft music, or it could be we like doing this while we're taking a walk through the neighborhood so that we're not just stuck staring at each other, right? Experiment with different things. Dedeker and I have had radars in airports. We've had radars while <laughs> yeah, driving in restaurant. the car. <laughs> we've yeah. had them at, at Emily's restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, or we've had some where we're just sitting down and focusing. We've had some where we've gone out to a park to have a radar. We've had many where we move locations throughout the radar. Like we'll do some of it over dinner and then we'll go to a park and then we'll come back home and whatever works for you. Just just try things and switch that up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think it's kind of up to you to determine how formal or informal you want this ritual to be getting into it, you know? Mm. I mean, I've known some people where they will start out their radar 
kind of with a little bonus reconnect at the beginning of maybe like mm. some eye gazing or some touch or some, mm. mm-hmm. you know, giving compliments just to kind of sandwich that feeling of connection and intention setting for like, we're doing this because we're caring for each other and we're caring for the relationship and we're holding good intentions, even if we may potentially get into some awkward conversations or uncomfortable conversations. Um, if you're someone who normally deals with anxiety in your life, and this is like a familiar response for that, then of course, you know, you're the one who knows best of what's going to work for you, you know, lean into the stuff that does work well for you, make sure that you care for yourself ahead of your radar to the best of your ability. If you're someone who doesn't normally deal with anxiety, but the prospect of having a check-in or a radar causes a kind of huger than normal spike in your distress... Uh, you know, that could very much be some kind of trauma response. And I mean, either capital T trauma or little t trauma or some kind of baggage, either from this relationship, like maybe there's been some violent communication that's really left an impression on you and has made intentional communication feel really scary, or past relationships as well. So I just want to reiterate that, like, yeah, that's understandable that your body and your nervous system would be reacting in that way. And so this could be something that's good for reflection, or discussion either with your partner or with a trusted friend or with a professional like a therapist or a counselor as well to kind of get to the bottom of like, what's going on with me when I'm getting this incredible spike of anxiety before having some kind of intentional check-in with my partner. So we're going to continue on with our listener questions and kind of deconstructing how we can make radars easier and more manageable for all y'all out there. But first, we're going to talk about how you can contribute to our show and continue bringing it to the masses for free. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Our next question is about time management. We kind of hinted at this before with some of these radars that maybe take six hours or something like that, (laughs) especially early on. So these questions are things like, this thing takes too freaking long. How do I make it more efficient? Or how do we stay committed to doing this amongst all our other time commitments, right? Between having a job, raising kids, everything else going on in our lives. And... 
there's a few different things that we've tried over the years or that we've heard from people. First one of these that you could try is just setting a timer for each topic. So if you specifically tend to just go on too long on each topic, something you could try is look at how many topics you want to discuss, figure out how long you want your radar to be, and then do some math and you know divide by the number of topics, uh, leaving some time for action points and reconnection at the end. But that can also be a useful thing to try. You may also find, I know for Dedeker and myself, some topics just always take a lot longer than others. You could also customize that a little bit and say, okay, you know, these first few topics, we're going to give 15 minutes per, but then these later ones where we could talk forever about our families, but we're already pretty up to date about that. Let's just keep that to five minutes, whatever it is for you. It depends on your situation, um, but that, that can be a good way is just literally setting a timer. Yeah, it can also be helpful to take a little bit of time. Either this could be 10 minutes before your radar, or it could be a couple days leading up to your radar. Just take some notes for yourself on the most important points or most important concerns for you. You can also, with each agenda item, instead of it being a big, broad check-in of like, oh, let's discuss sex for the last five years of our relationship or whatever, (laughs) you know, you can get specific in your agenda items instead of doing broad strokes. So it can be more specifically about, let's talk about this upcoming trip that we have. Let's talk about this last therapy session that we had, you know, that can help you to make things a little bit more efficient and make it so that maybe it's also a little bit less overwhelming when you're diving into things. Yeah, you can do that and kind of truncate the whole process, or you can keep it as it is, but just find an interval of time that works for you. So we recommend doing it monthly, but if that doesn't work for you, then you can do it maybe quarterly. Maybe that's the easiest thing, Uh, as long as you're not just running into like huge backlogs and, you know, have a lot of communication problems or avoidance or things like that. Try not to do that. Uh, I I do want to say with that, I've noticed with Dedeker and myself, we will sometimes just not be great about scheduling the next one and it might creep into mm, two or three ditto. months between. But I have noticed this pattern though of when it's been more than a couple months, I do feel like we end up in a more conflicts than normal. And I don't think Dedeker and I are super high conflict or anything, but I definitely notice it'll be more. So I do think that finding the pace that works for you, it seems like for us at least doing it every six weeks seems to help. Um, Yeah, we try to do it monthly, but just something to observe for yourself too over time. Yeah. And you can also experiment with the time of day and the location of where you're doing it, like they talked about before. Because yeah, I know that for myself, generally, it's always like on a Tuesday or Thursday at seven o'clock after work and you know that's just like takes up the entire day sounds like a terrible time for a radar i know i I can already tell you that (laughs) it it definitely has not always been great but that's generally what we do and i think that yeah having like a a different location and a different time of day sounds great because it kind of will break apart the habits that we've formed around it and then like allow us to like go and do something else entirely and kind of like break out of that mindset that tends to get pretty anxious and intense. So yeah, I I recommend that for sure. That's something that I'm going to do. And maybe, yeah, at, not at the end of the day, like it's seven <laughs> o'clock at night after a long day of work, like probably not the best time 
you're probably yeah. gonna be moody and pissy anyway yeah, i feel so. like i haven't done like an intentional nighttime writer on a long time I, yeah. I feel like yeah i've learned from experience i generally it has to be either like the morning or during the day just to give that space around it you know yeah I'm, i think it's a good idea to try to do a week to, a weekend at some point yeah mm-hmm. and you know it it is challenging at times but it feels really good to know that like you're delving into the minutiae like you're delving into the sinew of the potential like relationship problems that may be there or just like the whole broad strokes of how you feel your relationship is doing because those are the things that you don't necessarily get into day in and day out so it is you know it's worth it it's worth it to do it and see like you might not have an unexpected blow up because you're doing this and that's a huge that's a big thing that's a really nice thing to kind of not have to deal with in a random time in your relationship yeah actually on that subject not just avoiding you know we're saving time because we're not having these other arguments because we have a place to to talk about things and discuss things but also i've found it can be time saving in terms of you're starting to get into a more heavy conversation with your partner while you're trying to get back to work or you're on your lunch break or it's getting late or something that you can also save time by saying, let's write this down. So we're sure to remember to talk about this at our radar, but let's talk about it then. I've also found that that's saved Dedeker and myself sometimes when we're kind of getting into it. And it's like, you know what, let's do this at radar. And usually by the time radar rolls around, we have a great conversation that's much shorter and much calmer than if we had tried to just have it right then. Cause there's no other time. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit of this like front end time versus back end time mm. commitment to mm. to doing yeah. it. I feel like now nowadays my radars with both my partners, depending on how they go, tend to average out to maybe like two hours or so, maybe three. That's pretty good but, yeah, in that neighborhood. But, yeah, and I mean, for some people, that's like wow, that's so short, and for some people, that's like oh my god, that's so much time, and it is. Of course, a time commitment, but again, I've never felt that it was not worth it. I've never gotten to the end of a radar and been like, well, that was a total waste of time and I wish I had my life back. (laughs) It's always felt so much worth it. You know, it's like the kind of thing that it's okay to dedicate time to. And I want to do a callback to our episode about doing like regular date time with a partner that it's kind of the same thing of, yeah, I know we're all busy and we're all, you know, really encouraged to just like pack out our schedules to every possible single moment. But there are some things where it's worth it to find the time for. And we think that doing a check-in is definitely one of those things. But again, you know, uh, we're going to sound like a broken record. Just customize it for you. You know, if you need to shorten the agenda, if you need to pick out a limited number of important topics when you're short on time, if we know, oh, gosh, okay, I know on this date that we're only going to have an hour. So let's just pick out the most important things. And then maybe next month or in a few weeks, we can do a bigger one, whatever it is. I think the most important thing is just you have to be honest with yourselves about whether or not there's any topics that are consistently being avoided by doing Mm. this or constantly being left on the back burner because, oh, we only have enough time for like three topics or these most important things that just being aware of that, that shaving down the agenda can be helpful, but it can also lead to, I kind of sweep this particular topic under the rug or this topic that I want to avoid kind of based on the excuse of there not being time. So, you know, just think about that. (laughs) Yeah. And aside from all of these ways to try to keep it more efficient or keep time under control, if for you it's more 
that you're, you just feel busy and it's hard to commit the time to it, one thing that can help is attaching some kind of a reward to it. This could be something like, as part of our reconnection, once we finish <laughs> our radar, we're going to crack into that new board game that we bought. Or maybe if we don't get, like if we don't eat out very often or we don't get delivery very often, maybe that's a special treat for when we do our radars. Or maybe there's a favorite restaurant or we get to have ice cream on radar days. You know, whatever it is mm. for you, find some way to attach a positive reward to make that feel a little bit more fun and like, oh yeah, okay, yes, let's do this because I want to have that ice cream. <laughs> Okay, so the next one. Our radar just turned into a big old fight. Or another been variation there. of, yeah, another variation of, we've all been there. We've yeah. all been there. Or another variation is there's just certain topics that we just can't get through, or we just have a really, really hard time checking in on. So first of all, like I said, totally normal, definitely happens. It's definitely a possibility. You know, relationship conflict is normal. It doesn't mean that something's definitely wrong. So that means that this is really, really good practice for doing something like halting or taking a pause when things are starting to get too heated. It's really good practice for being able to tune into your own body, have a sense of, is my pulse going through the roof? Am I starting to get into that survival fight or flight mode? Is this a good time to, you know, hit pause, go take a 20, 25 minute break you know, go distract myself and then we can come back to it. Or it's a really good practice for deciding mm, maybe we need to table this particular topic just for now. Um, like these are some good tools to kind of bring to a radar when there's going to be more hot button issues. Yeah. So one of the things that you can do for this is if you have a particular topic that either regularly takes up a lot of time uh, or, or, sorry, that gets heated, or if you're starting to get into it right then and you're realizing, oh my gosh, we're going to spend the whole night on this and we're not going to get to the rest of our radar, one option is to schedule some separate dedicated time just to talk about that. And depending on the situation, that could be something that's worth having a counselor or a coach or a therapist work on that with you. I do think, though, it's important to realize if this is especially if this happens regularly and now we're missing out on all the rest of our radar and all the rest of the benefits of that is that you can separate it out. If this is something you're still working through with your therapist, do that there and, and maybe just lightly check on it in the radar or maybe not at all. Depends. It's, it's up to you. Uh, another thing is just really digging into your communication toolkit. So things like, nonviolent communication or softened startups, which is a, a Gottman thing about how to bring up areas of conflict in a soft, non-attacking kind of way, uh, taking turns speaking, even setting a timer for that. Like you're going to speak for five minutes and I'm not going to interrupt you at all. And then vice versa, uh, practicing things like reflecting back to each other, what you hear uh, or paraphrasing back to each other, you know, all these different just sort of good communication habits, radar is a really great place to, to intentionally try those. And even, even being explicit about that and talking about that with each other of like, okay, I'm going to try to do my best to use this framework. Let's, let's try that. 
that that can be something that's really helpful and it's a good opportunity to try those things and just get better at them in general. Yeah. So again, this can be something where if you're, you know, if you're in a position where you're seeing a therapist or a counselor or a coach that, you know, you and your partner can maybe agree, like, okay, maybe this topic is something that we take to that space and get their help with it. I have been toying around with the idea of offering my own services as a coach specifically for helping facilitate people's radars. I'm trying to figure out what form that would take because I also don't want to be there for six hours with with people necessarily. (laughs) Maybe I do. Maybe if people are super into that, maybe that would just be my day. day, Um, I don't know. But if that's something that people are interested in, definitely reach out to me and let me know. I kind of have to gauge interest because that's something I'm also interested in helping people as well, of kind of helping them at least set up the first couple of radars or kind of get in a place where it feels a little more comfortable to, to do the rest of this on their own. A thing that you can also do is to examine the order of the agenda. We have like a very specific order that we have up on our website and and that we reference of each of the topics that we go through during the radar. But you can like do whatever you want. Like you don't even (laughs) need to use all of those topics. If you don't have kids, if you're not interested in having kids, then maybe like throw that one out or whatever. If you, you know, currently none of us are traveling, maybe don't do that right now. You know, don't (laughs) speak about that stuff like that. It just also, if you have very difficult topics that continually are challenging for you, maybe put those first because then you can get through them and then end on like a nicer, happier note. I. Yeah, or maybe opposite. Maybe it's better to like knock out all the easy stuff first and then build momentum and connection before going to the really difficult things that you need to talk about. And it's just going to happen. You're going to potentially get in a fight sometimes. It definitely has happened to all of us, as we said. But hopefully the name of the game of all of this is that you are working to improve the way in which you speak to each other, the way in which you have conflict and learning to like get away from those really toxic things that sometimes we all fall into those toxic patterns and hopefully just minimize the damage and increase understanding within your relationship yeah i think the whole point of this is just how do we have a better conversation about this topic this time than we did last time and how can we have an even better conversation on this topic next time it's like that's the whole I don't know. That's the whole point in relationships, right? Is that yeah. like we increase connection and intimacy and understanding and decrease the, the damage that we're causing each other. Yeah, I like that. All right. The next question that we get is, how do we actually implement action points? Yeah, so this is actually a good opportunity to talk about documentation, which is also something that people... <laughs> what is that? What do you mean? Well, I guess <laughs> this idea of how much do we document of what actually goes down oh. in the radar. I know my approach to radar has always been, I always you know, write down the action points that we come up with. I think that's helpful to do. Not always necessary, but super helpful to do. Some people will document literally what are the things that we said almost take like meeting notes um mm-hmm. i i haven't done that in a while i don't know how y'all feel about that yeah to me it's i haven't ever felt the need for that but after each topic after each section is when before we move on to the next i will always check in with Dedeker to say hey is there anything here that's an action point 
mm-hmm. and we'll write those down and just kind of stick them all in a list at the end. And then once we're done, we'll go through them and really decide how to implement them. But for me, it's that's the really important thing to write down is to make sure we've made notes of those action points. Because once you've talked about five more topics, it's easy to forget that, oh yeah, we had talked about, we want to be sure we finish season three of Highlander or whatever it is. God, we do not... That is not an actual action. I mean, it is an well, action point. It's an unofficial action point, but it's not one that we've come up with in a radar for our relationship to write down. Can I ask, like, how many action points do you all generally come up with in a session? Because I'm thinking of myself, and generally it's only, like, three. Like, yeah. Like, three big ones, maybe. I feel like the average is usually, like, two to three. Okay, um, okay. Our last one, Jason Oak, I guess like because... 10. Yeah. yeah, I guess Whoa. because it had been like three months, we kind of fell off the wagon a I little see. bit. Okay. So that's probably why we, we ended up coming up with a lot of action points. But yeah, yeah, I think it's like two or three. Okay. Yeah. And it's also some of the action points are more general of just, yeah. hey, let's try to do more of this kind of thing versus others that are like, we'd like to do, you know, we want to start a new workout program together. So an action point is figuring out which one we're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes there's really concrete ones. Or like, you're going to book flights to here, or you're going to look into this thing, and I'm going to look into this other thing. And then other times it is, yeah, just more general action points of, yeah, let's try to remember to say nice things in the morning before 10 a.m. Or just something like that that's oh kind boy. of ongoing. <laughs> boy, <Yikes. laughs> challenge for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and something else in the review section at the beginning of Radar is that's your chance to check in on your action points from last time. Yeah. And particularly if you notice that certain things just keep ending up back on the agenda and just keep not getting done, that's a great opportunity for discussion and problem solving together. Just like, well, why do we think this isn't happening? Is there an obstacle in the way? Are we feeling hesitant about this thing and so we maybe don't actually want to do it maybe we need to change it maybe we need to make it more specific or maybe we need to just do one part of it during this radar and maybe the, the next whole, the radar. hurdle metaphor the hurdle metaphor yeah yes. yeah make exactly. it a smaller hurdle tiny make baby hurdle tiny baby hurdle yeah uh yeah so the, if you see that where an action point comes back again it's like oh yeah we didn't do this we totally forgot about it or yeah i meant to and i just couldn't bring myself to do it just explore options look at maybe there's some other ways to approach it breaking it up in a different way or saying okay you know what actually why don't you take that one i'll take something else because clearly i just have a block about doing it whatever it is just be open to having that conversation uh and then the other thing i did want to say too about this is for any action points that do have a specific outcome this kind of goes into everyone's personal preferences of how do you like to get things done? Do you do a to-do list? Do you put it on your calendar? Do you have a bullet journal? Whatever it is that you do is just take those few moments right then at the end of your radar when you're checking in on the action points to actually put things in your calendar if they're things that need to happen by a certain time. Or put it on your to-do list if you know you're someone who does your to-do list. right? If it's like, I need to look into booking a flight or I need to look into finding a babysitter, make that on your list now. Cause otherwise you don't look at that radar document perhaps for another month. And then by then it's like, ah, shoot, 
I'd really drop the ball on that. Yeah. Some people also, I've heard of, will write down all their action points and put them in a place that's easily accessible to both people, yeah. you know, whether that's like a little post-it note that's on our bathroom mirror or something. But or like the important in the thing chalkboard being, on the living room I've seen, mm, all sorts right. of things. Yeah. yeah, you know, stuff where it's easily accessible and easily visible as well. So let's talk about if you or your partner are the only one who has kind of impetus to go and schedule the radar, or if they're like the person who's always the documenter, who's always taking the notes or always doing the scheduling, something along those lines. What what, what happens there? Well, so I'm so glad you asked. this is what jace and i have coined as radar daddying like who's the radar daddy (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah who's your daddy (laughs) because i i think at least between the two of us we did run into sometimes it's only one of us who actually remembers oh hey there's a radar or there's only one of us who remembers to schedule it or there's only one of us who is the one who's like, hey, we got a radar this weekend. Let's find a time for that. You know, that there's only one person sometimes who steps up to be the radar daddy. And that can be really frustrating and challenging for some people. And so, you know, we've, I think it helped for us when we finally in a radar just had a straight up conversation about that, you know, just kind of called it like it is and was just like, hey, let's, this is something that's happening and maybe we can find a way to make this feel better. So who's the radar daddy? I'm assuming it's you, Dedeker. Well, <laughs> I, in my life, I tend to be a daddy of many things. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, <no. laughs> But uh, no, right so now, Jace has kind of taken a turn being the radar oh, daddy recently. Okay. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is that we have switched it up in the past about sometimes Got it's it. just very explicitly taking turns. Like when we schedule the next radar at the end of the previous one. It'll be also, and you're the daddy this time, or I'm the daddy this time, <laughs> whatever it is. Y'all need to take that out there. Love it. Yeah, take it and run with it. Yeah, no, I love that. So, okay, if you are the person who's the one who's like super gung-ho about having a check-in, then maybe just be the radar daddy for a while until the habit is established, until the two of you realize at the end of every radar, like, hey, or at the beginning, you know, and you're scheduling, it's time to schedule the next one. We need to do this. And yeah, kind of take that torch for a while. It's okay. And like the two of you said, this is a good topic to discuss. So maybe take turns on who is responsible for remembering and initiating the check-in, but kind of figure out what works best for you. I agree that sometimes I'm not great about it because it does make me anxious. And so my partner is like, you got to do the radar. We got to do a radar, (laughs) which is good. And so, yeah, he can be the daddy for a while. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our last topic for today is about the appreciation round at the end or the reconnection round. And that's that some people say it's hard or it feels fake. And yeah, that's totally understandable. I think some people really struggle with verbalizing appreciation. That might not come very naturally to you. Others might feel put on the spot. Uh, For others, it's hard to be appreciative if you're still feeling tense or upset from the conversations that you've had. And so I, I guess one thing I wanted to say is that it's okay if it feels a little fake. I've found that often 
in my radar as we get to that part at the end and it it does feel a little silly or robotic of i appreciate that you worked very hard to express yourself clearly today and <laughs> hey, that's a good one <laughs> you know but and it do, and it like literally can be delivered like that in this weird robotic like, i'm trying I've never, I've never experienced you being robotic in the appreciation but oh, really? i'm I sure always, is like yeah. i always feel super awkward and like really? very oh you don't seem like it going through a, a script Aww. That's not my love language. Like, my love language is not words of affirmation. So, generally, I'm like, I got to figure out, like, a different way. Like, I'll go do the dishes or feed the dog or mm. I don't have a dog, but something like that. <laughs> go find a dog to feed. Yeah, exactly. For your benefit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but what I was getting at, though, is that that awkwardness and weirdness is okay, because I I've at least in my experience, the impact of it still comes across. It's like it's still nice to appreciate each other, even if it does feel just awkward and like you're reading a script and you can even laugh about that as you're doing it. As long as what you're saying to each other is true, even if it feels awkward, that's okay. Uh, and then second one is it's okay to take a little break at the end. If if it is that, you know, you're still feeling a little bit amped up and you need a moment, it could be like, okay, let's do our own thing. And then we're going to meet back up tonight at seven o'clock for dinner and we'll do our appreciation then. You know, you can, again, customize it, find what idea. works for you. Yeah. And like you just said, some people might find that they can compose their words better if they take a minute and like maybe write it down or like think about the loving things or the appreciative things that you've been feeling about your partner and then reading them to your partner, you know, maybe an hour later or something like that, or just giving them the written words. And so, yeah, I mean, I am not like a huge verbal appreciation person, although I probably should be better about that. But yeah, it's okay to reconnect with your partner in different ways. If you're not that words of affirmation, a verbal type person then maybe do stuff with physical touch or quality time or you know playing a video game together or doing something nice for your partner something along those lines you can yeah. again customize <laughs> or you also might just consider accepting the challenge you know being able to express appreciation and care for your partner or for the relationship even in moments when you're not feeling very loving it can actually be a great skill that carries over into a lot of different situations. Like, you know, when you are a little too activated and you need to halt in a way that's nonviolent of being able to essentially like grit your teeth and tell your partner, I'm really upset, but I love you and I'll be back in 20 minutes and we can keep talking about this. Like that's a skill. That's a muscle that gets yeah. built up over time. Or in a situation where maybe your partner has some kind of issue with you, like maybe you've hurt them and they need to talk about the impact that that had, that that's a skill to be able to still listen compassionately, even if you're not feeling totally loving and appreciative, you know, that this could be an opportunity just to try on that skill, even if it feels a little bit awkward at first. Yeah, I feel like in those instances where the conversation is really intense, that sometimes expressing appreciation just for them being willing to try to communicate about this thing that is difficult for you and for them, that even that, I think, is, I guess, is a muscle, first of all, to recognize that, 
to recognize the fact that for them to bring something up with you probably isn't easy for them either. And so that, you know, you can express mm. appreciation for them being honest enough and being vulnerable enough and caring enough about your relationship to want to talk about that. Uh, and on the other side, also, you can express appreciation for being willing to to listen and to try to understand what it is I'm, I was saying today, that that kind of meta appreciation, that's not just, okay, now we're done talking and I appreciate you because you're so cool. And, and just kind of coming up with random unrelated stuff, starting from a place of, I'm going to appreciate you for what you brought to this. And, and even when they were hard that you stuck with it through this radar, stuff like that can be really impactful. Yeah. So of course we didn't get to answer everybody's questions and I'm so sorry about that, but I hope that we were able to at least cover enough basis that all of you can go out there, create a check-in process or customize radar in a way that works for you so that you can continue caring and feeding for your relationships and your partners. And for our bonus episode today, we are going to be talking about more concrete ways that you can customize a radar to make it shorter, better, harder, faster, stronger. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so that it can work for your relationship a little bit better. So be sure to stick around for that. And we also want to hear from all of you. We're going to be posting on our Instagram stories. What is your favorite tip or hack or trick for doing a relationship check-in or a relationship radar. The best place to share your thoughts on this episode with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenowork and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. <laughs>